Welcome to Best of the Best. I'm Mark. I'm Andrew. It is episode 77 here on Best of the Best, your only internet debate podcast. It is August 26th, a Monday, Mark. Yes, it is. And you are listening to probably, I'm not going to say probably, Mark. I'm going to say the best yeah. podcast in existence mm-hmm. recorded by the two of us yes. at this very moment. Right. That's 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 pretty heady. That's definitive. Go ahead and put that on the resume, Mark, with a bullet. It, the show is on my resume. <laughs> it should be. It should be on everybody's resume. Yeah. Listener. Be- best of the best listener. I'm tuned in. Yeah. 2012 dash question mark. We don't know. 1,000 weeks from now. <laughs> we might know then, but probably not. Mark, it is best of the best. How the hell are you? How's life? uh it's okay my my bank account got um hacked or compromised somehow last week jokes on them there's nothing in there there. it's like stealing an empty cookie jar yeah i mean the jar is worth something but no i woke up and there was like a lot of overdraft money Mm. you know yeah they're like there's a lot of fees and you're in the red several hundred dollars Hmm. and then so i called and i was like what the hell happened here and apparently they said are are you in austria right now no this is the saddest part (laughs) this it when i heard what it was what had happened i almost cried Mm -hmm. one it wasn't my debit card it was my bank account number so the account that i've had since i was 17 i had to close it out start up a new one yeah the money was spent to pay for a $300 Edison bill and a couple hundred dollar car insurance bill. I feel like that's it's really easy to find out who spent that money. Yes. If that's the case. This is what I brought up to them. They're like, <laughs> "Oh, they said they said they were on it." But it's it was so like, like bloodhounds they are. Yeah, it's like we know who this person is and where they live. Mm-hmm. I think I think we can get them. Yeah. But it was so sad. Like when somebody, th- this person stole my money to pay their bills. Yeah. Like you want you want to find out you want to you want to go where was that ATM withdrawal and they're like the Bellagio in Las Vegas. Yeah. You, you go want, okay. Yeah, that yeah. person is having a good time with my money. I feel good about that. Ten thousand dollars on the Baccarat table. They are they are living large. They're in the suite and you right don't, now. And you don't want it any lower than the Bellagio. If they're like a jockey club. No. No. Oh God. Bill's gambling hall. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'll just give him the money. Yeah. Oh God. But, but for this person to spend that money to pay a, a to del- pay their bill to like to like keep the lights on and keep their insurance going, I was like, this person is still behind. This well, person stole my money, and they're maybe well, the cra- just now breaking even. The crazy, the crazy thing to me is that they they would take the money to pay this bill, mm-hmm. right? But like, uh, why not just do something else with that? Like, the money's stolen. You're paying a bill with stolen money. Mm-hmm. Why not just do something like just be like, fuck it. We don't need lights. I've gotten to the point where I have to steal. I have to steal bank account numbers. Yeah. So we can tell the turn my life has taken. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Let's yeah. let's get a bump of coke. And let's have let's have a party. That's what I would have said. That's what I would have done. So I I felt sorry for this for Naima White. Mm-hmm. It's the person. That's the name of the person. Did they give you the address? Can we go to them right now? Maybe actually, I'll have to check because I can see the the what is it DCH direct deposit slip on my account. I could check. I could see that. Yeah, let's go. Let's get him on the show. Ask him what happened. <laughs> Why didn't you go to the Bellagio? What are you, what are you doing here? Why, why don't you sit down? <laughs> why don't you have a seat? Why don't you have a seat? Um, speaking of which, Mark, I saw Identity Theft. Identity Thief. Yeah. The movie? Jason Bateman. What a fucking terrible movie that is. Oh, really? It's, it is stiflingly unfunny. Oh, it's too bad. Yeah. Jason Bateman, Melissa McCartney, McCarthy, mm-hmm. uh, that guy from Modern Family is in it as well. Ed O'Neill. <laughs> yes. Al Bundy shows up just as Al Bundy. 
That would be funny for for if it was Ed O'Neill for you to say the guy from Modern Family and not the guy from Married with Children, as though like <laughs> his as though he's redefined his own the career. The guy, the guy from Big Apple. Yeah, from Big <clears throat> Apple. The guy from L.A. Dragnet. Uh, the guy from Little Giants. The guy from John from Cincinnati. The guy from The Bone Collector. The guy from Wayne's World and Wayne's World Two. That's all I got. I was gonna say Wayne's the guy World. from Dutch. Dutch, obviously. obviously. Obviously, not Dutch. The other guy. Uh, no, not not a funny movie. So I assume this actual identity theft was funnier than the movie Identity Thief. No, I think it's I think it's a dead heat between what's sadder, because <laughs> it's so sad to me that this person, this person stole my to, money and to steal. I, where do you? I wonder where you get that get those numbers from. Do you just leave it? Do you just uh, just leave it lying around like in an adventure game? I mean, like they walked into your house and they picked up a coaster and turned it over, and there's your bank account number. I mean, it's on all of my checks. So like, I guess every yeah, I check guess I've ever there. written, or if I've ever lost a check, somebody could just grab it and write it down and then put it on a list. Yeah, like I said, I've had this bank account since I was seventeen. You know, so that was like two and a half years ago. It's really, it's really forward thinking of you to be able to open that up uh, as a young, a scrapping young seventeen-year-old. Um. <clears throat> Elmore Leonard died. Yeah. When people were putting up his like ten rules for writing on Facebook a lot, did you see this? Did did your friends do this? No, my friends post their fucking baby pictures and then, and then tell everyone to look at their baby pictures. Yeah. And then complain about their baby pictures. Yeah, baby pictures, baby, baby pictures. But it was it was we it was weird because some people seemed baby pictures. Thank you. I know it's coming. Some people um, seemed to think that these were like the ten rules for all writing. Mm-hmm. His rules are like never say never never describe how something is said. Like never use an adverb to describe how something is said. Uh, Never describe a place too much. Never start with the description of the weather. Mm-hmm. If it sounds like it's writing, redo it. And I was, I was like, this is all great for his stuff. I've read a lot of his stuff, and he follows his own rules. But like Dickens and Hemingway and um, well, he writes Agatha Christie all all break these rules. Like now he's a, he's like a detective story writer, right? He wrote westerns and he wrote like crime thrillers Mm -hmm. he wrote get shorty out of sight uh the book and short story that justified is based on Mm -hmm. he also wrote the 310 to yuma Mm -hmm. so he started out as western writing i you know i guess that makes sense if you're if you have hard-boiled characters that are gritty and to the point but yeah but if you're writing Gravity's Rainbow, like it's completely different. Yeah, yeah. Or the lovely book. Bo- or what is that? Um, or yeah. my book. Yeah. Irresist- <laughs> irresistible. Irresistible. <laughs> Irreplaceable. It's irresistible. <laughs> when is that coming out, Mark? September seventeenth. Not- Go on over to Amazon. We. It's you still can't pre-order it yet. You can look at it, right? Um, did you follow those rules? No, I. If, the only thing I saw, the only thing I saw was uh, Gawker had a um, Gawker had a post that uh, about a bunch of opening lines from his books. They yeah. were celebrating his. He writes really great opening lines, mm-hmm. which if you're gonna write a book, you gotta have a good one. You wanna know my trick? Don't write one. <laughs> Just page down, page, page down, page down. Up. Yeah. What's your trick? Uh. In your opening sentence, try to have, try to try to have two characters uh, in a disagreement about something. So that way, it starts with introduction of two different people, and there's a dramatic element in the disagreement. Hmm. So it doesn't have to be like Andrew and Mark disagreed. It could be like Andrew knew that Mark knew what Mark was going to do, and he didn't like it. I I would just open up with a line of dialogue. Well, fuck you too. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, and then they look at each other, and then now, now, now you can explain everything. Andrew and Mark were. It was another episode of best. It of was the, the best. best of the best. The mics were hot. 
Uh, I just open up with Jesus wept each time. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it, it gets harder and harder to try and <laughs> figure out a way. I have to name a character Jesus so that he can be crying at the mm-hmm. opening. Somebody's reading the Bible in another one. Somebody's answering a question about the shortest verse in the Bible mm-hmm. for another one. It was Jesus wept is the shortest Bible verse, he said. <laughs> Knowingly. Yeah. <laughs> Just break all those rules. There is another one. Uh, there was another one where there was a janitor in a scene named mm-hmm. Jesus. And yeah. it was Jesus swept. Yeah. <laughs> and we never hear from that character again. Mm-hmm. 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 You know, it's it's I'm adding flavor to the scene, Mark. Mm-hmm. Speaking of flavor, Mark. It's best of the best. It's best of the best. Caliente style. Hot, hot, hot. Ladies and gentlemen, Best of the Best is a first of 500 series. Uh, Andrew and I will be debating up to up three to. topics. Not necessarily three topics. Under a central banner topic this you wanna, week. You don't want to know what the banner topic is this week, Mark? Across the pond. Across the pond. We're talking about the Brits. Mm-hmm. You only spoke about it always often. Yes, you were. Yeah. Um, this is where I start humming Hail Britannia. The winner of best of best, best of the best, will receive a $25 Wendy's gift certificate. Good at most Wendy's locations. Ask ahead before you place your order because you want to make sure that they show them the card and say, You take these, right? And then if they say yes, then you're good. But there's also a second prize this week. And that prize, I'm very happy to say, mm-hmm. is that you will get your very own three month trial subscription to the adult website of your choice. <laughs> now, when you say adult website, I assume you mean pornography, but I think it'd be funny if uh, you're like, all right, yeah, US News and World. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it could be that. Oh, it could be. But if you, I mean, it's your choice. Sure. So you could say, I want U.S. news. Mm-hmm. But if you say, I want highlights, not happening. No, not happening. No, you're not getting a highlight subscription. <sighs> well, it's too, yeah. Well, I mean, I'd like to see what the highlights web content is like. <laughs> it's just all goofus and gallant. Do you think, do you think you're, reading, you're reading the highlights and then they're like, for more? And they throw it to the web and yeah. you're like, God damn it, I don't, I don't I'm not going to go to the web. They want you to scan a QR code to find out how this goofus and gallon ends. <laughs> well, I know what horse I know what goofus is doing. I can extrapolate <laughs> what gallon's doing. Gallon would scan this QR code he to would. find out how goofus would say fuck it. <laughs> goofus would tear this magazine in half and never let anyone scan the QR code. But the, so that's what's on the table. Um, Sounds exciting, Andrew. You want to get started? Is there anything other news? Um. No. Good. Dun, 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 it's a British Bulldogs theme, Mark. Today we have a Denver 1991. 1991. Back in, the, uh, back in the olden times. Just a standard eagle. Nothing Just special. Nothing special. It says Liberty on the front. The newer quarters don't say Liberty, Mark. I don't know if you knew that or not. Think about it. Think about it. Call it in the air. Heads. It is heads. It is heads. Mark, we are dealing with um, our category today is uh, across the pond. So we're talking about the Brits mm-hmm. and uh, the, the the British mm-hmm. and and what have you. Sure. Mark, our first category here on best of the best across the pond. We are talking about the best U.S. import mm-hmm. of British television. Yes. So we're talking about a show originally aired in Britain. Mm-hmm brought it over to the united states in some form or another yes there's been a ton lately more than you would think more than you would think mark i want to kick you're gonna kick which means you have to go first in this first round best u.s or i guess best british import to the united states in terms of television andrew yeah i'd like to take you back to a simpler time Mm -hmm. 1991 when that quarter was minted and though we say it was a simpler time it was fraught with strife, yeah, adversity, sure, 
problems. Mm-hmm. Waking up early enough to watch Ninja Turtles. And comedy. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about the 1960s. Mm-hmm. And a little show called Steptoe and Son. Steptoe and Son. Are you familiar with the show? Um, you know, I, I've got the DVD. I just haven't opened it yet. It's uh, is really what it boils down to. Now, Steptoe and Son, most people probably don't know. I'll, I'll allow. Most people don't know what Steptoe and Son is. But let me, let me tell you what it's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, two very, very low-class people, one a father, one a son, work as junk men. Yeah. Collecting junk and selling it. It's about classism. It's about poverty. But it's a comedy series. Yeah. This show was imported to the U.S. and rebranded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sanford and Son. Red Fox. Red Fox. Dummy. Yeah. Lamont. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole nine yards. All right. So why is this the best British import? Because it gave us Sanford and Son. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next topic. Sanford and Son is a hilarious show. Sure. I was watching an episode today. Um, what was what was uh, Lamont up to this time? Because usually it's like um, Red Fox wants Lamont to do something, and Lamont doesn't want to do it, and then they fight, and then they fight. Uh, no, in this one, a old friend of Red Fox's had died, mm-hmm. and there was a funeral. And the scene that I saw was they were coming back from the funeral. And everybody is saying that they were very much grieved mm-hmm. and that it's a terrible loss. And then Red Fox says, I'm more at a loss than you guys. He died owing me $4.68. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like something, something he would say. And then another person says it was a wonderful ceremony, um, like something you would have seen out of Mortuary Monthly magazine. Mm-hmm. Somebody says... How how do you know about Mortuary Monthly Magazine? Red Fox just, he sees the ball coming, spikes it right down with, she posed for the centerfold. Uh, all right, so Sanford and Son. Sanford and Son. But it's great that because Steptoe and, Steptoe and Son, one of the great things is I love that Steptoe is such a British name. It's like Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. And Sanford, you're like, oh, I like I imagine if you were English and somebody was named Steptoe, you'd be like, oh, I know what this is about. I know what this character is like. And if a character's name is Fred Sanford in the U.S. in 1960s, you go, I got a pretty good idea of what's I think, going I on I think here. I know where we're going. I know. I know who's <laughs> cast in this. Um, do you feel that do you feel that Sanford and Son wouldn't be as popular without Quincy Jones theme? I think everything came together. I think it, it came out in response to All in the Family, some, would ar- some argue, mm-hmm. in that it was also about race relations in the U.S. from a comedic standpoint. Yeah, I guess so. Um, it really paved the way for all black television series or television series starring black men. You don't have the Cosby show without having Sanford and Son. Hmm... Yeah, I, I I guess so. I mean, I guess, I mean, Red Fox was a very like, I think I think people underplay how big he was. Before. Exactly, ex- exactly. No, like, he was definitely huge. He was a huge star. He was a huge comedian at the time. Yes, but conversely, um, did like Sammy Davis Jr. never had his own TV show, right? Well, he had a variety show, several. I mean, specials and stuff like that. Specials, and he would be on. Yeah, but like the Sam, Dean Martin show. Sammy Davis Jr. Sammy Davis Jr. is not an actor, and he's not a he's he's a singer. He was he was a he well, was he, a triple I mean, threat. He, he acted, he, he sang, and he danced. Yeah, I mean, is there other than a variety show? You you I don't know. I feel like a lot of sitcoms were kind of at that time. If you're gonna if you're gonna base it around a comedian, you're gonna base it around someone like Sanford's son. It was gonna be a comedian, like they did in the '90s with like Grace Under Fire and Home Improvement. Yeah. Bill Ingvold show, Jeff my, Foxworthy show. Like that's Yeah, but but my point is at the time it was it was incredibly rare to have a show centered around a primarily black cast. Yeah. I mean Sanford but it's Sanford and Son, but Sanford and Son is around the same time as Good Times and What's Happening and 
I, um, I be- it was the, a, it the was Jeffersons. A, it was about and... that. It was about that time, but I think it was the precursor to all of them. I think it made it okay marketable. All right. And Steptoe and Son is delightfully British. It it also has a purely instrumental soundtrack, but it lacks all of the all of the fun and mm-hmm. the energy of like you're never gonna find yourself humming the Steptoe and Son's theme song. But Sanford and Son, you'll be singing that till you die. Seventies uh, theme songs are generally pretty good. They needed something to get viewers in, and if you go back and like um, like Barney Miller's theme, what, well, they were they what were a great theme that was. They were great SWAT? because they were great because they were long. Yeah, they like had the, the opening credits would be a minute and a half, and that would be plenty of time to write an actual really good instrumental song. Right. Yeah, and then in, into the eighties and nineties, we started getting more lyrics that, that would did, tell you that, exactly what was going on. No, no, that's the sixties the were where you would get the, the here's the where it's a very high concept show. So here's the premise. So it's like Petticoat Gil- Junction, Petticoat <laughs> Junction, Gilligan's Island. Beverly um, Hillbillies. Yes, exactly. So, but then in the seventies, we got the smooth funk of we're going to set the tone. We're going to set the atmosphere. So, um, the Odd Couple, or uh, Barney Miller, or SWAT, or um, into Knight Rider in the eighties. Exactly. So in the eighties, we get the action stuff. It's like you know the A Team. We still get the opening narration, but we're we're still it's like Perfect Strangers or. Uh, growing pains or just a ton of us like we, we we get the instrumental but it's like we know the theme we know what the tone of the show is going to be but it's still got like cheesy shitty kind of lyrics that i think you miss if you take them out you know that's mm-hmm. what i'm saying and then the 90s um i don't know like what's I, I guess licensed music was probably the big thing in the 90s the uh, 90s was when you would have full house and um, well, the early, family matters the early 90s where but, it would be music that like um well that's what i'm talking like that like isn't about the show right but it still had lyrics that were written specifically it's a right. show it's a song that was written by studio players specifically for the show right but then you get to about 95 96 into the 2000s and it's it's, it's mostly licensed, licensed music. music and now you have 20 seconds you have 20 seconds to get a theme song out and yeah so then you end up with like I mean, the, the Madman, the Madman one is like the most well-known. That's licensed. That's licensed, but it's a cut-down version. It's only thirty seconds long. Yeah, well, but I mean, that's like one of the more well-known ones at this time. House, Archer, Archer House is cut down. I'm well, like Thirty Rock, Parks and Recreation. Yeah. Um, upbeat little things that go for about thirty seconds. Yeah, Castle yeah. has a great one. It's just, it's, it's like a guitar riff, and it's about five seconds. It's like. Yeah, and that's it. That's, that's all. Somebody, that's, all you, that's all you get. Hopefully, somebody got paid like three thousand dollars per episode to write that. Mark, the best British import is also from the seventies. Till death us do part. Okay. Not a lot of episodes of the show exist anymore. Yeah. But um, let me set the scene for you. Because of the Blitz. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my, wor- my world history is just a big mess. <laughs> um, you've got, uh, you know, lower class family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, got the, you got the dad, Alf. Okay. He's a, uh, he's a reactionary white working class man, holds racist and antisocial views. Yeah. You got his long-suffering wife, Edna. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Else. Whoops. Uh-oh. Then you have his son, who is uh, his son-in-law, actually. A little bit more left-leaning. Mm-hmm. In fact, he's pretty much full-on socialist in, in this in this version. His head is made of meat. Um. Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, they fight. They yeah. fight all the time. And... Um, you know, that's just how life is. Everyone hates each other. Of course, that's brought over to the United States, seen through the lens of Norman Lear, presented to us as All in the Family. Yes. Mark, All in the Family is probably one of the most landmark television shows that has existed mm-hmm. ever. Yes. So, it's the best British import, because without 
till death us do part, we don't have all in the family. Right. And so we miss out on all of the all of the the boundary breaking that uh, all in the family did. Now, while Sanford and Son is a solid choice. Sammy Davis Jr. kisses. Sammy Davis Jr. kisses Carol O'Connor on, on that show. On uh, one all of, in the family. One, yeah. of, one, of, the one ki- of the most classic moments where, mm-hmm. if you've never seen this episode, track it down. Carol O'Connor plays Archie Bunker. Racist. Racist. Straight up. Just straight up. Motherfucking hates, racist. Hates Jews, blacks, the whole nine yards. But he's written in such a way, and this is the magic of this show, is that he's written in such a way that he's he's like a lovable rascal. Yeah. More than like, what a fucking bigot. Because he's effectively harmless. He's effectively all of our grandfathers. Yeah. Is like what it boils down to. Because he like, he, at no point does he turn someone down for a job. No, he like he's, because of their race. Like he's just alone in his house being racist. He's just kind of ranting and raving about how the world is falling down around him. But he's he's still white collar, or I'm sorry, blue collar. He's blue collar. But he's, he always wore a white collared shirt. Yes, uh, he's um, he's a taxi cab driver, mm-hmm. and he's just he's just everything's everything's wrong. It's you know. Again, like the theme song says, those were the days. He he wants to harken back to the time in the 50s and the 40s when a man was a man and blacks didn't vote. Women were scared. <laughs> um, so uh, in this episode, he is uh, he drives a cab, and Sammy Davis Jr., he, he comes home excited. He drove a cab for Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah. And uh, everyone's excited about it, and he's talking about it, like he's one of the good ones, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, but then he finds out that Sammy Davis Jr. left like a wallet in his cab mm-hmm. and he's got it. Mm-hmm. So now Sammy Davis Jr. is coming over to Archie Bunker's house to get his wallet back. And so when Sammy Davis Jr. comes in, he's a, not only is he a black guy, he's he's a Jew as well. Yeah. And so now like all of Archie's but he's a huge celebrity and and Archie really likes Sammy Davis Jr. So, so now he's at now he's at ends to like how is he going to react to sammy davis jr so that's like kind of he, he's also disabled yes he, he has only a glass has one eye. eye that's that's correct so um now it's the the rest of the episode is just like him preparing for sammy davis jr to come over mm. and like th- th- we're watching all of these characters because he's like trying to keep it low-key but at the same time he's bragging about it but then he gets mad because like other people start coming over to his house mm-hmm. and his and his wife edith um Dingbat is sexually assaulted. Sexually assaulted in that episode. That's a later episode. Yes. Um, she's she's always his foil because he's so he's pompous in his little kingdom of the house, but then she manages to to pop that balloon each time just through being naive, but at the same time kind of knowing Archie's ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the at the end of the episode. Archie says to Sammy Davis Jr., you're one of the good, or he says something like, you're one of the good ones, or you're, you're like a credit to your race. And, and Sammy Davis Jr. says, likewise, or so, something to that effect. And then they take a picture at the end, and Sammy Davis Jr. kisses Archie on the cheek mm-hmm. while the picture's being taken, and then he leaves. And it's very funny. It's a very funny show. And it's, it's still shocking. Not necessarily that episode, but you watch that show and you're like, I cannot believe the things that Archie Bunker is saying on this show that are getting these huge laughs. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's weird and it, it's 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 shocking. Mm-hmm. I guess compared to like what we have now on television, that well, it's, sh- it's so much more PC now. It is very much PC, uh, and um, Archie is seen as the fool here considerably so it's not like we're celebrating we're celebrating archie because he's he he doesn't know any better like he is harmless and he's kind of set in his ways but we all know people that are like this yes so we're laughing at his ignorance but we also have the the balance of his ignorance versus uh rob reiner's like overly leftist views so the two of them like he's a hard right he's a hard left they go at each other both of them could, should find middle ground but they're both kind of wrong in their ways yes so i can't sing all in the family's praises enough mm-hmm. it's a wonderful show and i say it's the best british import because if without 
until death us do part, we wouldn't have this landmark show. Yeah. Yeah. Final arguments. Final arguments. Andrew, uh, they're both great shows that gave us incredible shows. Yes. Um, I, they're both shows that were transport that were about race and well here's the thing steptoe and sons wasn't about race because steptoe and son are white people they're just low-class white people and that's what steptoe and son was about Mm -hmm. you bring that show i think it was an inspired move to bring that show over here and say what if instead of it being so close to what it was over there where it's about low-class white people what if we make it about lower class poor black people I think that was a very bold move on NBC's part. I think it was a game changer. And I think that that should be applauded. That kind of risk-taking to say, you know what? There are not a lot of shows that are about, like, angry black people. Let's see if America... And, like, I, I, I realize I sound very glib about all of this mm-hmm, now. But, mm-hmm. like, you feel like this these discussions weren't being had yes. at, in 1964. Like... No, but like you wouldn't even pitch to somebody. I want to have a show that it's starring black people about black people for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like you just wouldn't have that conversation. And then somebody said, we've got a good model, Steptoe and Son. We've got Red Fox. Let's put them together and let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I think that they, because I, I think that All in the Family is too close to its original I think it lacks that American that twist of American creativity and boundary pushing that I think you get with uh, Sanford and Son. Actually, there are differences between. I'm, I'm sure there are. There differences. are differences between Del- "Till Death Us Do Part," where um, Edith, the Edith character in the British version, is a little bit more kind of um, unmolested. <laughs> she's. She's a little bit more kind of pointed, yeah. In in kind of giving it back to her to the Archie character as much as Archie gives it to her. Well, she has that British snark. Yeah. So, but in this in this case, we we trim it back and we she's she's nice and there's the, the naivete inadvertently takes Archie down a peg, but at the same time, she she knows what she's doing. Yeah. There's a certain level to it, uh, and then. Um, Mike, the Mike character, Rob Reiner's character and Archie are more at odds than in the British version where they're at odds, but they're still, they're still friendly and they'll go to the pub and they'll, um, the, the Mike character is very protective of the, the Archie character in the British version. I mean, there's, I think, I think there's more in terms of like all in the family, we all know people that are like this. And being able to see into their lives and hear the conversations that we're having at our dinner tables in the 70s, mm-hmm. I, I think is a really smart move. And like it, like with Sanford and Son, I, I, you, you do have to appreciate the fact that, that they, they have a primarily black cast that, um, th- you know, it's like you have, you have a lot of, um, you have a lot of smart, funny moves that are being made, but I, the cynic in me needs sincerely thinks that this was just a Red Fox vehicle that took off, that just happened to also have a lot of these elements going for it. While All in the Family, you have this show, like Norman Lear is trying, it was, is like starts with this framework of Till Death Us Do Part, and then wants to put a lens to or put a mirror up to what America was feeling at the time during the seventies. Yeah. That you have this kind of bigoted, older, older crowd. You have more of a left leaning younger crowd. They're constantly fighting with each other, but at the same time, be funny, not just be like, not just this monologue, not like an Aaron Sorkin where it's like, this is what you're doing wrong. America. Mm -hmm. Norman Lear can, can prevent, uh, present both sides have it play out, have it play out funny, and then still land you a, a, a point in the end. Yeah. But uh, with, like, Sanford and Son, uh, as I was saying before, like, a lot of it is, I feel like it's too, it's too zing, it's too zing-based, right? That, like, red, like... It, it, it did have, 
Yeah, Red Fox says something that the audience laughs at, but the characters don't respond to. Yes, and they oh, sit Max. there. Exactly, they sit there and they watch, and there and it's like, oh, you, you know, and it it does it it does present you know lower class um, blacks at the time, but at the same time, like, is it a realistic portrayal? They they own a junkyard, and they you know it's like. I mean, it's not a... Well, that show, like, we're completely glossing over Lamont hmm. in this argument. And that Lamont was the younger one who had always... who He was very similar to Meathead. Yeah. And that he was a little more progressive and that he and his dad would argue about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I, think it, I, think it, I think it was another show that had that generational divide. But, but all in the family, though... Nine seasons. I think, I don't know. Like, where where does somebody? What's what's going on in there? Uh, I, I I hate. I don't. I don't want to say impact wise because that's what you always say. But all, all in the family's impact is huge compared to Sanford and Son. It doesn't necessarily make it better, but I'm saying it. It is. It is better. They both had huge impacts. Like I said, red. You, Sanford and Son reads like Red Fox's stand-up, where it's a lot of like insult, not not like insult, but like zinger joke. Here comes a character. It's very vaudevillian. That's that's the word I'm looking for. It's very vaudevillian that like a character comes out and Red like gives it to him and says, you know, it's like joke, joke, joke. They leave. And then you know we're just following Red doing his doing his thing. I don't. And All in the Family isn't like that. It's essentially Red Fox. They adapted Red Fox's material in stand up, and then found a, a vehicle through um, this British Step import that they stuff. just managed to that they picked up and then they they sold. While uh, Till Death Thus Do Part wanted to do that with Carol O'Connor, but Norman Lear stepped in and kind of circumvented that, and then actually kind of made it something else. All right, I I I guess if you if you picked up a script for All in the Family and got like a bunch of actors together and they read it, it would still be funny. But if you got a script to Sanford and Son and whoever was Red Fox was kind of phoning it in and wasn't very good, it wouldn't be as funny. I I guess it's not as complete well, a show. You do need. The, I mean, they're the, both great shows. All of the actors, like. There's a reason that Carol O'Connor won a bunch of Emmys during that. There's a reason that uh, uh, Jean Stapleton. Sure. That's her name, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, Jean Singleton mm-hmm. uh, won a bunch of Emmys as, as Edith. Like, they, the phenomenal performances. It's, 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 it's an amazing show up until, yeah. like, season six or something. Yeah, like yeah. When, when uh, so I, I got I to gotta give it up. Yeah. Um, and then we get Maud from it mm-hmm. we get the jeffersons. the jeffersons yeah we get um benson yeah yeah uh yeah you're right you're right 321 hauser the the show about the white people is better than the show about the black people you're right moving on <laughs> um yes yes race relations through the eyes of white people wait, wait much more much more better much more interesting and compelling yeah you're right in the 90s, Round two. they did try and do All in the Family with an entirely black cast. It was on for a season. Was it good? I don't think so. I don't even Probably think not. I don't think Norman Lear, like, he got a created by credit because he technically created the characters, but I don't think he actually wrote for it. But it was called, um, it was, I think it was called 321 Hauser, yeah. and they bought Archie Bunker's, like, a black family bought Archie Bunker's house. And then that was the show. It was like a black family living in the bunker house. Is it haunted? <laughs> Archie would just come in from the ceiling. <laughs> but uh, I, I I can't say that I've seen an episode of it, but I remember not hearing great things. Yeah. I um, I have Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon, Nick at Night shows Friends reruns, and I'm recording the Friends reruns and watching them. And at the end, I'll see like the a commercial for the hot new Nickelodeon programming coming up. Mm -hmm. And they have a show that is about a family who lives with a ghost family. 
Yeah, and, <laughs> and it's essentially that SNL sketch. It's essentially that SNL, <laughs> but it's hilarious to me that like some, how many people, how many scripts did somebody have on their desk, and they're like Ghost Family. <laughs> <laughs> Kids programming can be good, Mark. But it's generally not good. Live action kids programming is difficult to do well because you have kids and you have to, you have only a limited amount of time and a limited amount of skills. And they generally shoot for the... Um, the youngest possible watcher. They shoot watcher. for really just shitty shitty stuff where it's like a lot of it, a lot of it is, is like insult-based stuff that we were just talking about. Where so that it's everybody like, gets it. Everybody gets it, but then every all the kids are just real shitty to each other. And you're just like, eh, uh, uh. Got it? Moving on. Moving on. Mark, our second topic here on Best of the Best, we're talking about Across the Pond. Mark, the second topic is the best portrayal of an American by a British person. Yep. Best portrayal of an American by a british person mark i would not be surprised if we picked the same person i doubt we did mark the best portrayal of an american by a british person i would say is 1988's who framed roger rabbit Mm -hmm. bob hoskins turns out plays a bear (laughs) he's a hairy man he's a he's a weird he's a weird actor like a lot of people like he's one of those journeyman actors that just shows up in a lot of stuff. Yeah. And nobody ever kind of nails nails him down. That you're just like, oh man, I, he. You feel like, if, like there's obviously that one role out. I mean, he's he's got a bunch of theater experience as yeah. well. But uh, I don't feel like Bob Hoskins is as celebrated as maybe he should be. Yeah. Or could be. Uh, plays eddie valiant plays eddie valiant in who framed roger rabbit and while this is ostensibly a kids movie this fucking role you got to think like what went into this role that um you're dealing with essentially imaginary characters because none of the characters that eddie deals with during this movie are necessarily on screen like their voice well not, not necessarily there while bob hoskins is filming this scene yeah a lot of it is like guide wires and there's what's his name stick with a ping pong ball pretty much what's the name um christopher I, lloyd no bobby uh, z i don't remember the guy who does roger rabbit's voice he's a famous comedian i don't remember his name but it's essentially him off screen doing the voice so that he can react to something but it's it's just him reacting to to nothing effectively mm-hmm. all while playing this hard-boiled los angeles detective and uh for the longest time i had no idea bob hoskins was british yeah like as a kid even then like growing up and then you see i I forget what i saw him in but i was like what the fuck is this was it the jet lee one uh yeah it might it might have been like he definitely played like kind of like heavies as well so when he's like kind of british mob or something like that you're like oh he's really good at this then you hear him in an interview you know you're watching like the special features to super mario brothers Mm -hmm. and you're just like that's this guy's british but the fuck man he's got a thick thick cockney yeah that's the thing like growl he's, he's like it's not an accent it's a growl yeah and so when you hear him don't be doing well on the road to you <laughs> that's my bob hoskins it's pretty good i thought he was here for a second uh when you hear him you know uh going back and forth with christopher lloyd in that movie or um you know him him going through the you know the that entire movie that entire movie is magical a based on the the technical aspects of it but b it's just a it's a solid movie and carried on the back of bob hoskins yeah acting with nothing pretty much like it's it's a fantastic movie i think he did a fantastic job in it and i would say that's that's the best brit playing an american because it's so seamless like it's crazy that you just you feel like yeah yeah nailed it Mm -hmm. fucking nailed it that's my that's my pick good pick uh andrew mm-hmm. my pick mm-hmm. daniel day lewis mm-hmm. as daniel plainview yeah in there will be blood i've abandoned my boy keep it down um yeah here's the great thing about here's the thing that i think bob hoskins is missing in as eddie valiant mm-hmm. 
you're missing the thing. It's distinctly an American. It's a distinctly American portrayal that Daniel Day-Lewis turns in. Like, you get a sense of this hard-living, aggressive, unstoppable, money-making force that mm-hmm. is Daniel Plainview. And this, like, rugged American individualism that that character represents as he supplants God with money, which I think is what that movie's really about. Mm, oil. Milkshakes. Yes, I drink. That's all, that's all I really... That's all I really... I mean, beats did you, that, did beats, you, beats that guy the death of the bowling did you, did you see this movie? I did see this movie. Okay. Once? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. There is a distinctly American quality to the Daniel Plainview character. He's He's practically an archetype of America... Of the American businessman, the industrial the, system, essentially at that time. At, at that time, that, yeah. that's what that character represents in a lot of ways. He's violent. He's aggressive. He doesn't let anything stop him, but he's very polite, and he's probably an alcoholic, even though nobody ever says you're an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. It just seems like he's probably he's probably an probably alcoholic. An alcoholic. Everybody undiagnosed was at the time. Yeah, like everybody was an alcoholic. Everybody was you just alcohol. had the shakes if you didn't drink. It's yeah. not. It's not because you had alcoholism. You just. You just had the shakes. That's He's all. Nervous. Yeah. He's a little antsy. Give him. Give him some booze. Have him calm. That'll calm him down. Yeah. And I think that Eddie Valiant's character is a little less. Like he doesn't have to be American. You know what I mean? Really, I I think the crime noir is a distinctly American form of. The English have their crime noirs too, as do the French. That's where the phrase comes from. But I, I, in terms of like, in terms of the character that Eddie's, that Bob Hoskins is portraying, this trench coat wearing, uh, gumshoe, yeah, you know, kind of, of a Seamus, uh, you know, somewhere between Bogart and Maltese Falcon and um, Jake Giddes from Chinatown, mm-hmm. and in like Bob Hoskins' kind of bulldog look. Yeah, only bolsters that that you don't want you don't want an attractive you don't want a terribly attractive person playing this role because you know you want the I'm I'm all right I'm saying he's ugly all right he's an ugly man you want a man who looks as cartoonish as possible no you don't want a man that looks as cartoonish as possible but you know what I'm saying that it's like that detective it's just like what journalists used to be in the 50s and in the 60s where like they were dogged and the, the the attractiveness came from the occupation not necessarily the person that was no. performing the occupation and so with this like bob hoskins his his body type fits that role that he's kind of like snub nose and he's just got this but like you can tell that based on the way he looks he's probably a really good detective but at the same time like he has an alcohol problem he lives in a shitty la apartment it's just like a, a big one room he's yeah you know he's he's got Murphy all, bed. he's got exactly he's got all these problems um while uh daniel plainview and um in that movie uh i i don't don't get me wrong i think daniel d lewis is a is a fantastic actor yeah he's a wonderful actor not only in in there will be blood but in lincoln and where he also foot. plays an American, yeah. Um, Gangs of New Gangs York, of New York. Where exactly. he also plays an American. He's he's getting really good at uh, adopting different uh, old, dialects. Old timey Americans. Yes. Now, now, now. Oh, yeah. Final arguments, Mark. Andrew, I think, I think, yeah, I, uh, like I like I'm saying, it, it's like he's playing Uncle Sam. That performance, like he's playing uh, America. <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis in that role. And, yeah, an America that beats... <laughs> beats religion into the ground. Beats religion in the ground with a bowling pin. Yes. Yeah. I am the church of the third revelation. That that line says... That's like, this is what the whole movie is about, everybody. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's, also, a, it's also about two and a half hours long. It's a long movie. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. It's a wonderful movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, I guess I can give it up because... Um, it's going very fast. <laughs> Good boy. <laughs> I also, I also felt, I, I felt that after Gangs of New York, because I feel like the characters are very similar. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think this is just what Daniel Day Lewis thinks Americans are like, <laughs> like crazy, screaming, 
mm-hmm. murderer. Monsters, <laughs> yes. And he'd be right. And he's right. He's right. I, got I murdered several people, several people before I came over today. Uh, while I do enjoy Bob Hoskins in um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I, I think in terms of melting into a role, in terms of melting into roles, period, I think can't Daniel Day-Lewis is pretty high up on that list. Yeah. Where you, you hardly even, it's like Daniel Day-Lewis and Christian Bale, I guess. And there, yeah, I, I've ranted about how I think they're both crazy, right? Like the greatest actors are inherently Just crazy. Fucking people. nuts. Fucking nuts are terrible people. No, crazy. Like, like mental problems. Like, yeah. Well, because like, for, um, for Daniel Day Lewis to say, "I am going to play, I'm going to become Wild Bill, or I'm going to become Bill Cutting, mm-hmm. this racist, jingoistic character, and like people have to treat me as such," but also Martin Scorsese, this small Italian man, is going to tell me what to do. Like the amount of disconnect required, the cognitive cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. required to make that happen, you have to be kind of crazy. And Christian Bale has a cycle of gaining weight and losing weight, which is very bad for you. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like a self-destructive behavior. Did you know that uh, Chinatown was supposed to be part of a trilogy? Uh, That would be about... uh, The first one was about bringing water to L.A. Mm -hmm. The second one was about the highway. uh, No, the second one was about oil. Mm-hmm. Which was made into the two Jakes, and the third one was called was supposed to be called Cloverfield, Clo- Cloverleaf, and was about the freeways. Yeah. But then Who Framed Roger Rabbit took the exact plot. Yeah, and then added yeah. added Roger Rabbit. Added, added added Roger Rabbit, and why would you? Why would they want to do that when they can just take the trolley for a nickel and get anywhere across town? Final final round. Don't you remember Eddie? Don't you remember? I he killed your brother. Just, just like this. this! Holy smokes, he's a tune! Final arguments. Final round, Mark. Final round. This is our final round, Mark. It's a secret mystery, mystery topic. topic. Mark, I was watching I was watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit. The other of course. Day, as I always do. It's one of my you favorites. Know, it's, 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 a, it's a good... For those of you who haven't seen it in a while, get it mm-hmm. and watch it. Get on it. 1988 but at the same time you watch it now and you're just like jesus christ this is still a good looking movie 25 years ago i guess just about yeah so uh, it's it's uh it's incredible it's an incredible movie it's incredible technical marvel no computers no computers mark it's hand drawn hand drawn over each frame of that film and it's just technical with it's all practical effects for the most part i mean well it's like you do in post-production but i'm just saying no computers yeah nowadays you watch something like space jam you're like boring snore you watch something like looney tunes back in action it's it's not as technically impressive it's a fun movie but it's not technically impressive but you watch who framed roger rabbit and you know in your mind a movie like this cannot ever be made again yeah based on the licensing deals a yes you'll never see Daffy Duck and Donald Duck, Donald Duck dueling pianos. Yeah. You'll never see Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny skydiving together. Um, Betty Boop's in that movie. Yeah. Woody Woodpecker. So many. I mean, it's just all of these elements coming together. But at the same time, technically, you'll never see a movie like that in in in, in without being just fucking painted up and down with computers and CGI and all sorts of stuff. Yeah hand-drawn mark that's the way we need to go back to except when we did that princess and the frog didn't do so well but i was watching who framed roger rabbit and i got a text from whom i don't know was it a just like it was, a, was the phone number just zero 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 it or was did it say unlisted it was five the number was, was five. five wow as i was looking at it while i was watching who framed roger rabbit the text said, best British slang. Best British slang. Yes. And I looked back up. It was at that part when 
the uh, the cab crashes, mm-hmm. and supposedly on the laser disc, you can you can frame through and see her vagina. See her vagina. Yeah. Yeah. So that that like took over. That took precedence. That's, at you that kind point. of forgot about. I threw the, other the thing. phone into. I just I get the fuck out of here. Step forward. Step forward. Step back. All step right. forward. So we're gonna flip step it. Step forward. Step back. Call it. Step in the back. Air. Step forward. Tails. Step back. Tails. Mark, I'm gonna kick. Okay. Uh, Andrew, I admit my knowledge of uh, British British slang, Britishisms. Get get in it. Get you know is largely from piss off the Harry Potter movies. Uh, Gordon Ramsay. Uh, <laughs> he's Scottish though. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And um. Oh fuck off. The Harry the Harry Potter films. I already said that. Yeah. Gryffindor. My pick is Bloody L. Bloody L. Bloody L. Bloody L. It's supposed to be hell, but some British yeah. people drop the mm-hmm. the hell, the, the H. H. The H. Here's what I like about it. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I would think that bloody was the equivalent of fucking. It is, isn't it? Isn't that the no? It's you not. Can, you can say it on TV. You can totally. You can say a lot of things on TV. Well, Mark. bloody it. It's like I, it. Maybe it once was, but it's kind. Of, certainly, since we've been alive, it's. I would say it's on the level of like, damn it. Mm-hmm. Um. But so when I would watch movies where I got to hear somebody say bloody, and I would be like, oh, this is a British movie. It's like. This is like an R-rated word. <laughs> it would it would make me excited, and then watching the Harry Potter movies, still still able to trick myself into thinking that, it just made me happy to think of twelve year old Hermione like, being like fucking shit, man, fucking shit, Gryffindor, get it together. <laughs> there's Ron. a reason. There's a reason the Sorting Hat picked us. All right, Ron, you are fucking killing me right now. <laughs> you. Fucking waste of time. Get your fucking wand together. Like, that's what I would imagine this character was saying, when really it was just, Oh, Ron, bloody hell, why don't you just come over and use the enchanting Patronus? Blah, blah, blah. <gasps> oh, she said it. She said it. She said She said it. She said it. She said She said She said She said She said I like it because just because it's, we have that, we have that word. We have those words here. Yeah. And they don't mean any... I mean, blood means something is covered in blood. Yeah. They have that word, too, though, right? Yeah. But... But... Th- but there is there is something so delightful about discovering that the same word in a different language... No, the same word in a different country could mean kind of a... I mean, is it even a curse? Kind of a ex- exhalation? What? Bloody? Yeah. Bloody L. Yeah. You know, it's it 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 is a curse. Like kind it's of. like saying, "Damn it!" Yeah, yeah. You know, some. But to think, if and if I say "bloody hell," mm-hmm. I it's it doesn't mean anything. But if I say it with a British accent, but, means, but it means I'm cursing. Well, you say you want to blow the doors yeah. off. You're only supposed to blow the, the doors off, right? Yeah. She was only six years old. <laughs> you get very loud indeed, and then you get very, very. So that's my pick. Good pick. Mark, the best British slang that I wish, I kind of wish that we would adopt here, sod. Sodden. No, sod. Just sod. Sod, like as in sod off, you tosser. Yeah. Now, there's something, It um, sod is, is essentially like bloody in that mm-hmm. you can use it in a, in a lot of different variations. It's like, that old sod, like that means that, like that old bastard, yeah. like sod off, like fuck off, piss off. I, I feel like it's so versatile and it's so punk, it's so punchy. It's just it's so like quick and just bang. Mm-hmm. Like we need more of that. Now this is coming from this is coming from me with my shitty Midwestern flat A nasally. Yeah. Uh, um, dialect but i i think i always like listening listening to someone shout sod off you tosser mm. 
in a in a solid British accent. It's just something heartwarming to it. It's just it's so mean. Yeah. <laughs> it's just very it's 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 you take it seriously. Oh yeah. Is the way the way I someone calls you a tosser. Yeah. You saw you saw the right the yeah. fuck off. <laughs> sawed off you tossers so, so not, angry. not necessarily sawed off you tosser but like sawed like it's a versatile word that i can call it just like what the this fucking old sawed is is pissing me off like yeah. there's something or, or i can tell you what i sawed off you wanker like i can i can tell you just to go piss off yeah piss off's a great word like go i wish instead of saying like i'm pissed off i wish we could also use piss off better because mm-hmm. i like telling someone to hit the bricks by saying piss off <laughs> you old fucking sod yeah like there's something I, again like it's very musical it's very it's so versatile that you can just kind of throw it out there when you're angry but like bloody hell bloody hell i think has been has been watered down so much because we if we can hear it in a harry potter movie yeah we're we're missing the oomph behind yeah. something like bloody hell yeah both sod like <laughs> sod off you tosser is sod as is it as bad as as we say it is like is it fuck off it's something like uh like yeah it, it, it's it like varies but as far as i can tell like sod off mean like fuck off no. or piss off like it's 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 strong i feel like it's stronger than bloody yeah i gotta give it up Yes. You win. Sod off, you tosser. Mark, it sounds really... It sounds dumb when we say it, though. Yeah. I, you I'm have, t- to, say, I'm say you have to have the you accent. You have to have the accent. Well, it's like bloody hell. Bloody hell is also... It's like... Unless you have it, you, you, you don't... You sound like a... You sound, you sound like, like a No, you sound like a big Doctor Who fan. <laughs> if an American says bloody hell. Bloody hell. You're like... Ooh. You kind of... Yeah, you're... What you need is that... H you might as well consonant dropping like you might as well be saying frack mush mouth yeah that you know it sounds Brits right have. um well uh, here's the thing that really got me would get me upset it in college is we there was a there was a girl that we used to work that i used to work with at um at the newspaper and she would she would um when she would say goodbye she would say cheers yeah and i feel like Mm-mm. No, not not no. in my country. No, you are. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like you can adopt it. Right? It feels fake. It feels forced. If you sign, unless you're British, unless you like, that's what you grew up with. You shouldn't sign emails with cheers. And you shouldn't. You shouldn't say, like, oh, we'll see you later. Cheers. And you're just like, what if you're a fucking asshole? Say goodbye. Say so long. Mm-hmm. Say see you next time. Say, keep watching the skies. See you later, I alligator. I don't care what you have to say. Just Stay classy. Just don't say cheers. It just feels forced and dumb. It's like it's like Madonna having a British accent. Yeah. She's from New Jersey. Isn't she? I think so. Yeah. What the hell, man? Bloody hell. Bloody hell. Sawed off <laughs> with your fucking cheers nonsense. Tosser. You're only supposed to blow the doors off. Andrew, I guess that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. In the back of the front. You win. Um, yes. Bringing our score ever closer to 500. So close. We are. I, I'm reaching out to touch it. I'm so close to 500. You wouldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. You literally wouldn't believe Couldn't it. Couldn't believe it. Mark, that is going to do it for this episode of Best of the Best. If you'd like to listen to past episodes, you can always do that by going to the flickeringbox.wordpress.com you can subscribe to us on iTunes That's or you can subscribe to us on Stitcher. 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 Which allows you to stream podcasts directly to your smartphone. All that information and more and more at the flickeringbox.wordpress.com and if you'd like to email us you can always do that by either leaving a comment on the site or you can directly email us at botbpodcast at gmail.com. We'll read them on the air. If you have questions, concerns, whatever, you know, if you got like a sales pitch, we'll read them. I don't have any problem with that. If you want us to advertise for you, we'll do that. Yeah. Just send it over. Yeah. Whatever you want. Anything else, Mark? Irresistible. Coming out is how you will describe the book irreplaceable irreplaceable september 17th. 17th be 
be there. We're having a party, right? Yeah, there'll be a party. Yeah. Who's who's coming? Everyone. <laughs> yes. Mark, I'm I'm scheduling my haircut party at the exact same time as your as your book party, so do it because you're th- <laughs> do it because you're throwing away your haircut and you know it. It's, it's fine, Mark. I'll have we'll have a good time. We're gonna we're gonna have we're gonna have margaritas. A DJ. We're gonna have a DJ. A frozen margarita machine. <laughs> Popcorn maker. You know. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have bagel bites, pizza bagels. Mm-hmm. It's everything and more. Everything that you imagine a party to be and more. While I'm getting my hair cut, then we cut to your your book opening party. It's just you. The banner falls behind you. No, no, your that's gonna, your party is going to be your party. My party is going to be people in stuffy coats mm-hmm. with suede on the jackets on the on the elbows, talking about. I mean, you want to talk? You want to talk about overrated Dickens? Are we still <laughs> reading that? <laughs> I, I mean, come on, everybody! Really, I mean, he's, really, he's fine and all, but come on, <laughs> everyone just. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. It's natural. <laughs> oh, good show. No. Yeah, and that's going to be your party. Yeah. So make your decision now, everybody. Small. What party do you want to go to? Bagel Bites or talking about Dickens? Dismissively. Think about it. It's, it's I mean, that it, that does pretty much sum up the, t- the two teams, right? Yeah, Bagel Bites or Snobs, Dickens. Snobs versus Slobs. Isn't that our show? Pretty much. I'm, I'm, I'm eating a big tray of bagel bites right now, yeah. so... I'm eating a canapé. Yeah. Just one. Just one. Just, I just, just wanted to taste him. Yeah. Come to my party, everybody. September 17th. Be there!